What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 99 of TLDR Podcast. As you might know, my voice is kind of fucked. Um, So I apologize for that. And of course, it's the the week I'm hosting. So um, I apologize. You guys have to listen to it, but we're going to get through it. It's fine. Why? Why is it like that? I I got a beer. So I don't know. Just lost my voice. It's weird. As he drinks his beer. Yeah. Yeah. Feels fine. I feel fine. Just got a scratchy throat. Um, But everything's good. Everything's fine. So everyone just chill. Um, <laughs> you sound awful, uh, dude. Yeah, no, you I sound, sound like so bad. <clears throat> so it's going to be a struggle getting through it, but we're gonna, but we're going to do it because that's what that's what we're all about here. We're just grinding through it. Um, so yeah, guys, we're getting to the end of May, which is exciting time for one member of our podcast, uh, Traden. It's wedding week for you. Uh, very, very exciting. We're excited to go. We're all going to be there. Um, so how you? Oh, yeah. doing? Where where are you at right now with everything and like with the wedding coming up? Like how how's it going? Yeah, dude. The I've said this multiple times to people that the the whole process of this uh, the the planning and everything has kind of gone impeccable, and I haven't had any stress. And then my dad took a he's he's dash one on the week already. Um, he we just realized he uh, he, he 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 booked the Airbnb incorrectly. What? Um, you know what, what we do, well, we don't, we, we, we get over that. I mean, yeah, he's dash one, but we're supporting him. We're going to bring him back into the black. Um, and you know, everything will be fine. We're just moving in tomorrow. It's no big deal. Um, but, um, other than that, if that, that's the worst that we've had, I mean, and it hasn't even been that big of a deal. Yeah. It did put a wrinkle in a couple things, but we're still golfing tomorrow. So I don't really give a shit. It totally matters. As long as the tea time stays solid, it's just fine. Yes, absolutely. James, how you doing? I know you were up in what, Bakersfield. Last weekend, yeah. softball. How'd that go? Um, not that great. It's double elimination, so I was up there for like four days, three days. Uh, but we lost our first game to the number one team in the north, San Mateo, who ended up winning it. By the way, they won it all, wow. so that's cool. And we lost our second game to Sierra, which is the number three team in the north, who made it all the way to the championship game. So the two teams that we lost to were the teams that played in the state championship. So that was kind of cool. So it just like. Yeah, we lost, but we ended up losing to the ultimate winners. That's um, good. So it was it wasn't our team had a lot of potential. We gave up 17 hits in one game, and the fact Ooh. that we only lost by one run after giving up 17 hits, like our team fought through it. So I have some a lot of respect for the SEC softball team this year because they had a lot of adversity and they fought through every single one of it to give up their best shot every single time. They never gave up. At one point in game one, they were down by six runs and they had a five-run inning just tied up. It was insane. Um, so this team was relentless and I'm really sad that they're done, but that's just the way it goes. And now we look forward to the next season and now I'm looking forward to Train's wedding. I really got to yeah. prep for that speech. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Tyler, get your voice ready. You're not, you can probably have to do a speech too. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, James, you're a big part. You're the officiant of the wedding and all that stuff. So you got a lot, you got a huge part to this wedding. So how are you feeling about it? Are you ready to go or not? Right now I'm feeling phenomenal. I'm sure as time goes on, uh, I'll get a little bit more nervous and nervous as, as it goes, but I've been to a couple of weddings where people are efficient and not that good. Uh, so I'm sure I can do better. I got a lot of confidence oh, yeah. in myself to do well. And for the most part, I'm not going to, I'm going to have the entire thing in front of me. I'm going to have written out. Um, just got to pause for the comedic pauses, you know, <laughs> and have some emotion when I say it after rehearsing about 5,000 times. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just going to let it flow. And the best part about it is that's all going to become from the heart. It's not going to be like this, super planned out thing that I don't believe in. It's actually like how I feel 
and how everybody else perceives it doesn't matter because what matters to me is how the two people in front of me perceive it. And that's Kylie and Trayton. Uh, as long as they're happy with it, I'm good. Everybody else, sorry, y'all. It's not for y'all. It's for you too. That, uh, so really it's good. Love it. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, definitely excited to come see it. Um, it should be a great, great time. I have all of us there drinking, having a good time. Um, so I'm super excited for that this weekend. Um, hopefully my voice is back by then because um, I'm pretty sure there's karaoke, right? Uh, yeah, there's definitely karaoke. Okay, so yeah. So, voices like that. And all I right, definitely cool. Yeah, and then so next week we'll update you all. And also next week, I'm sure if you've been ca- paying attention to the episode counter, we got episode 100 is next week. Uh, we got some special surprises for you. I won't spoil what's going to happen, but we definitely got an exciting one for you for episode 100. So make sure you guys are tuning in next, um, next week. We'll be talking all about Trayden's wedding. And like, like I said, we have some uh, some special surprises coming on that we confirmed last week. So it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, so make sure you turn in, tune in for episode 100 next week. But for now, we got 99. Uh, we got playoffs galore. We got MLB coming up for you. Trayden, let's start with that hockey. Uh, round two is right in the middle of the, uh, the uh, thick of it. So let's update everybody on, on what's going on with that. Yeah, guys. Um, it's been quite an interesting start. Um, I, I hate to say this, but it actually, besides maybe maybe one, uh, maybe two of the, uh, at least uh, so far, um, it's kind of been a little less pizzazz, less, less, le- look, we, we saw so many round ones in the first round and now we're sitting with, uh, with a little bit different, um, situations here in the, especially in the East. Um, the West is, the West is pretty, is pretty, uh, is pretty tight, but, uh, in the East things are a little bit different, at least, at least they were until the Rangers won. And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start right in that, uh, in that, uh, metropolitan, um, round. Um, that I, you know, basically the metropolitan finals, if you will, um, we sit here, um, uh, Carolina, you know, uh, started out the, started out the series just absolutely dominating at home. Like they have been, and you know, they, they play yesterday and they, they give up, a they give up another game on the road. Um, this marks, they have not won on the, they have not won on the road yet. Now they do have home ice advantage, but you let New York kind of back into this, into this series a little bit. And James, I ask you, I mean, Shesterkin's looking pretty good. Like goaltending is looking pretty good. Carolina's Carolina's doing their thing. It's just Shesterkin's looking a little bit better. Do you think the Rangers have what it takes to tie this series and, you know, ultimately maybe steal one on the road where Carolina has been able to really hold it down at least so far in this playoffs? I, I don't think so. I think the her, the Kings are doing a great job defensively and that's not just to, Ronta. Ronta doing fantastic. His point nine six three is better than Shesterkin's nine five six, which is saying a lot because Shesterkin's killing it. Yeah. But the Canes defense is like glued onto the forwards of the Rangers. They're ridiculous. They're not letting them get any shots. They only have eighty two shots over three games. That equals out to twenty seven a game. Like it, there's not a lot of scoring on either side right now. But the Canes defense is doing better than the Rangers defense. And that says a lot because last last series, the Rangers defense was really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Canes are just on top of it this time. And on top of that, having Ronta doing his thing, it's going to take a lot for the Rangers to overcome that defense plus that already great offense that the Canes have and Ronta standing on his head right now. It's it's going to be tough. I don't think they can do it. Don't think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 it's tough sliding. I mean, Carolina is one of those teams that's really built all the way through Tyler. I mean, they, they, they kind of are built throughout the entire lineup, both defensively, both on the defensive end, on the offensive end, kind of different than some of the other teams you're seeing in the NHL where we have quite top heavy, um, top heavy forward lines um, with, with a little bit of scrappy, you know, bottom six, but 
not quite as deep as you see in Carolina, but then again, I don't know that Carolina has the game breakers that these other teams have. So there's, it is a nice balance, right? Um, how are you feeling about Shesterkin? I mean, he, 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 he was pretty, he was pretty shaky in the first series, but he seems to have locked it down. He, I have said this on the podcast. He's kind of the main reason why New York was as good as they were in the regular season. Um, I guess I, I'm going to throw the same question to you in a sense, because that's really the ultimate question. Can the Rangers find a way to break through Carolina on, they have to steal one at home or on the road. And Carolina has done nothing but play amazing. Shesterkin's playing better, but is it, is it going to be enough? Can they find a way to beat this team? I do. I, I, I said it last week. I think these New York Rangers, they have this like kind of cockroach mentality where they just never really seem to go away. As soon as you think you have them knocked out, they seem to find a way to, to, to uh, stay alive. And I think that they will continue to do that. I think Igor Shesterkin playing as well as he is, is going to be huge. He has to continue to play that way. I think the Rangers will win a game in Carolina at some point. Obviously they're, 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 they're going to have to, but Carolina on the flip side, hasn't really been good on the road either. They've only, they kind of been at like a different team on the road. So as, as good as they've been at home, they haven't been the great on the road. So thankfully, so that's their advantage obviously is, is, is having home ice in this series. Um, but I like said, if New York can take care of business in game four, you know, go to game five, possibly steal that game. Now we're really talking about a, a fun series. And I think New York definitely has that potential to do it, especially with the way that Shostyorkin is playing. Um, the offense has been kind of like, you know, like I said, the Carolina's done a great job with kind of shutting those guys down. But as, but if your goalie can keep you in games, you always have a chance to win it. So I think, I think at some point the, the, the puck is going to fall their way. And I, I, I still believe that uh, New York will win the series. You know, Carolina has had struggles on the road, but they had their best game on the road yesterday. I mean, really not that they didn't, not that it isn't just didn't deserve to lose, but I think that they had, they deserve to have a little bit, you know, closer result. I mean, I know that there was a, it was a empty netter, so you can't really count that, but you know, they, they, they outplayed New York for the most part, but that's why you have Shesterkin and um, you know, and then the, the goal scored, the goal scored um, against the Canes were just amazing shots. And you can't really do much about that. If you're um, Auntie Ranta and Auntie Ranta has just been unbelievable um, in, in, um, in relief of, uh, of Freddie Anderson there. So this, this is, I think that we have, that this is going the distance. I, I do agree with you guys there. Um, even, even if the Rangers tied it, I, I, I fully believe that the Rangers have the capability of tying it up here. Um, but I think this is going the distance, but James, I mean, you just throw, threw up a five. You think, you think Carolina's wrapping up in five or. Yeah. I've, I've been saying that. I said that last week, it's going to be a five game series. It's just Carolina's too good. And this Rangers can't match it. The one thing that the Rangers have is just Durkin. And if he can't sustain his amazing play, if he lets in one or two extra goals that should not have gone in series is over. It's that it's, close of a yeah. series. It's that close. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's going to go the Canes way. It, 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 it very well could. Do. I mean, you're, you're starting to see Zibanejad t- start to chip in nicely. Um, we're not getting enough point production by the, by the Rangers, but you have to think that there's something's got to give, but we'll see there. Like you said, there's a big, def- you know, that, that is a strong defensive team. Tyler, you, you think differently on the series? Yeah. I mean, we saw it last when the Rangers go down three, one of the Penguins. I mean, like I said, like they, 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 they become a different team when, 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 when they have their backs against the wall. Bro, okay. Hold up. Pause. The Rangers were down 3-1 against the Penguins, and then Crosby went out. That's huge. You lose Crosby huge. for two games, and then, they're, okay, that's like – But but then the again – Rangers had some time. Then again, in game seven, we saw that – we saw Crosby come back and Tristan Jari come back. 
Tristan uh, Jari wasn't played in a long time. Then, then, but what was, is there any better option? So you're going to put, put in Louis Domingue? I mean, he, uh, Tristan Jari is a better option than Louis Domingue. Louis Wait. Domingue is not even an AHL goalie, dude. Yeah. The, <laughs> Give him spicy pork and broccoli, then he's good, bro. No, he's not. <laughs> he's really I understand, not. I, James, I, I get your point with that. But the way I see it, it's not about the matchups. It's about the mentality. Okay. And I think that, 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 that goes a huge way. And I think the Rangers have all this talent and they've proven that they can be anybody in this, in this league. They just got to go on a good run. And I, I, I they, 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 they seem like a team that takes a little bit of a while to adjust and they kind of probably take too long to adjust. Um, but like I said, I believe that this Rangers team is going to come back and, and fight back and make this thing a, a, at least a seven game series. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, and I, I don't know. I, there, there's just something about that team when you watch them play and, and the way you've seen them perform all season, especially in round one, which is, which was a perfect example. Like as soon as you think you can count them out, they just continue to fight. And that's something that doesn't, it, well, no matter what matchup you're against, that's going to hold true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually like you guys both have great points. I mean, James, you're absolutely right. Carolina is, is just deeper all the way through, but we we've seen, we've seen an injury to Crosby th- completely throw their, throw their chances out the window. Who, who knows? I mean, anything can happen. Um, but I think, I think five games is, is a safe bet. Just like Tyler, I th- who are you, who are you taking and how many games at this point? I said Rangers at seven last week. I'm going to stay true to that. And, and I, I would not be surprised either way. I think that, I think this, these, these are very, very cl- close teams to respect. I do think that I do give the hand to Carolina. I do think that they can finish it in at least six um, but I am not surprised if this goes the distance now. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. I thought, I thought that we, we might be seeing a, another situation like we are about to see in this series, the Tampa Bay lightning versus the Florida Panthers. And once again, yours truly called it because I'm always right. The Florida Panthers are the little brother of the NHL teams. When it comes to the Florida teams, they just continue to have problems with their with their uh, big brothers to the north, Tampa Bay is showing us that. Actually, you know what? It, it, it's kind of showing everybody that maybe we shouldn't have counted them out. They've been an underdog this entire this entire run. Can you guys believe that? Like the the Vegas has been against them every step of the way, and finally it seems like it's catching up because now they're up <laughs> three games. Um, James, I want to start off with you. Um, this team has scored one playoff goal in all playoffs. This is the most prolific scoring team we've seen in the modern era. This team had, has had, sorry. What'd you say? They've scored one playoff goal. One power play goal. Yeah. Power play. There we go. One power play goal. One power play goal. And they hadn't scored one since April 29th. And, and granted they scored it yesterday after they were down and it's the only goal they scored. Um, this is the most prolific team we've seen. This is a team that we've seen come back from, from deficits 29 times in the regular season. This is the most, this is the best team to come back from behind, but they haven't been able to do it really very effectively here in the playoffs. Is the president's trophy curse real? No. The reason I say that is because what you're seeing out of the lightning right now is you're seeing Vasilevsky playing the best hockey I've ever seen in my entire life as a goalie this dude has he's been blocked he he saved 105 shots mm-hmm. 0.971 save percentage i have literally never seen numbers that high ever you see that maybe after two games but this is three games playing against a team that shoots the puck a lot 
The Panthers are actually doing pretty well. They're doing a lot better pup moving and shooting the puck than they were last series. And it seems like they're putting it together and they're getting a lot of great chances. But Vasilevsky's an freaking iron wall. That dude is not letting in shit. He's let in one goal every single game, I believe, because the, the ring out scored 11 to 3. And that one goal last game was a power play goal, their first one in forever, like Trayton had mentioned. Uh, but Vasilevsky is just putting the shit on his back. Like Vasilevsky, wow. I was talking shit on Vasilevsky and not going to lie. Like last series, I was like, bro, where's he at? Up until game seven, he was pretty much non-existent. He was doing subpar. He was not doing what he's supposed to do. Game seven against the Maple Leafs, the dude had light bulbs. Boom. And he's never looked back. He had an amazing game seven against the Maple Leafs. He comes into here, doesn't drop, just keeps going. He keeps chugging along, doing his thing, not letting in goals. Like, it's insane. Is the President's Cup trophy uh, curse a real thing? No, dude. Vasilevsky is just a fucking monster. That's what's happening right here. That's what's happening. I, and you can't I, say otherwise because Vasilevsky is like, I, I can't say before. otherwise because it's not just him. And and you're, you're seeing Captain Steven Stamkos play a huge role in blocking shots as a goal scorer. And when you, when you see your captain who is paid to goal score goals, he's not paid to block shots as a player on those other lines, you are just like, wow, if that guy is going to, if that guy is going to block shots, well, then I'm going to block shots. The guys, they, they are, they are blocking almost double the shots that Florida is, is, uh, and then to your point, James, and then Vasilevsky's taking on the rest, but isn't this that what you expect completely from a buying team? in? This team's right. completely buying in. You, I'm, I, I look. Vasilevsky is definitely, definitely a huge part of it. This whole team is buying in, though. It yeah, is I completely understand. Effort. And that's what you expect from a team who has won it twice to completely yeah. buy in. My definition of a curse would be if a team that's not supposed to win upsets a team that's supposed to win. This is a team that's won it twice and right, continues but, to but, have aspirations but, to do but so. You even, you even said that Florida was going to win in five. Yeah, I was wrong. I said seven. I said <laughs> so, I said Florida's gonna win seven. You okay? You might have said seven, but but I guess but everyone had Florida winning this series. Everyone, no one had Tampa Bay winning. This I still series. do. So they you think they're gonna reverse sweep? That's only happened four times in the NHL history. Here's the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> a team that can't score a power play goal <laughs> until today. <laughs> until yesterday, you're right. Uh, right yeah, right until now. yesterday. So, so why is it a back? Why is it a back to back? By the way, why is it? The, the yeah, that's a great a question. So the these two teams played back to back because Kane Brown performed uh, Saturday night, and they couldn't change the the concert. So they had they forced they forced the game yesterday morning, and then they play immediate they played today tonight because they're staying in Tampa. I guess they thought, and eh, it's pretty close. Um, mm. it's very rare. You don't usually see that. We only saw that like in the bubble because of because obviously they're they're already there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cam Brown, I think they saw they did it last year because of the close proximity. Anyway, Tyler, are we going to see a sweep? We're two periods away. I, I think, but I believe it's zero zero. I don't think we'll zero, see zero. a sweep. I don't think we'll see a sweep. I do think the Panthers will win, but I still, I mean, in terms of the President's Cup thing, man, like this team scored like no other team could score, and all of a sudden they just can't fucking. They forgot how to do it. And like, yeah, they've been playing better. They play, you know, you have to give some credit to Vasilevsky's shirt, but still, man, like th this is, this is not just any old team playing against a really good goalie. This is the Florida Panthers that put up historic NHL numbers. And it was, it was bad in round one. 
They barely got through the Capitals, and they're off to a shitty start here against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Give a lot of credit to Lightning, absolutely. Um, they're playing the champs again. You know that I think all season long they kind of showed maybe they're taking a little bit, of, a tiny bit of a step back. But as soon as these playoffs have started, man, they look like those those uh, Stanley Cup champs. They they look incredible. Um, I would give more credit to Tampa Bay than than not credit to to Florida. However, you have to look at just that complete lack of goal scoring. As it's just complete, like what the fuck happened? Like how does that happen? How do you, how do you go from being so efficient scoring to having this? I don't even know what they're averaging for the playoffs, but it's it's got to be like under under three for sure when they were probably averaging over five for the season or whatever the hell it was. So it's it's that's a pretty dramatic shift. Um, so it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I was hoping this series, I think, you know, we kind of had the two series on, on both East and the West, kind of the battle of Alberta and, and the battle of Florida. I was hoping this series would be more competitive. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think Florida will get one tonight um, and kind of make it stretch into five, maybe six games, but I think Tampa has, Tampa has this uh, lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I, to come back from a 3-0 deficit. I mean, we we've seen the Kings do it. That's the most recent team to do it back in 2014. Fuck the Sharks. Um, before that was <laughs> floor of uh, the. I'm sorry, the 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 Flyers in like 2011. But um, past then, it's, it was a long time ago. And um, look, Florida, F- Florida's best chance to win, to be honest with you guys, was Game Two, and. Um, McKenzie Weger, who was on my fantasy team, what a brutal, what a brutal, like mental fuck up, bud. Um, the puck's going behind the net with three seconds left. Kucherov's chasing it in. Kucherov does a, does a shoulder check to see if he has anybody coming. He's getting chased by a defender. I forget who the defender was. McKenzie Weger, instead of staying in front of the net, decides to go behind the net to, to go, to, to, to attack Nikita Kucherov who's behind the net you can't really score behind the net unless you're Trevor Zegras and even then you can't have two defenders on you and completely leaves a a, 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 um, Ross Colton wide open and it was just a bang bang play beautiful pass to the front where they would have went to overtime and had a better shot but having mental fuck-ups like that in in these types of series the Tampa Bay Lightning will completely fuck you and they and they did Um, so far I mean Tyler I hate to push back but Florida has been looking pretty good they have 18 shots to, to Lightning's three they have looked like they kind of dominated the play. Just that's the thing that Tampa Bay does. They are, they are, they are the, the Kings of bending, not breaking. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I'm going to be honest. I think this ends tonight. Um, I, I do believe this ends tonight. Um, hope I'm wrong. I mean, look, I, we can't, no one, no Western team can afford to have Tampa have rest. You, you, you can't because <laughs> You know, they're, they're going to be able to nurse off their bruises after all those blocked shots, and they, they just can't afford it. They can't afford it. We can't afford it. We need them to be beaten up. Um, but, uh, wow, what, what a performance by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida, please please give us at least a, a little bit of something, something. Um, but we'll see. It look, it's looking pretty dire for the Florida Panthers. But, James, I hope you're right. I hope they ring off four in a row, even though I just it would be absolutely insane for that to happen. Um, but if they pull it off, I'm going to feel like a damn genius. Oh, yeah. You would, I mean, you, you'd have to, especially considering Tampa Bay is sitting at 17 0 after a play after a loss in the playoffs. So 17 and three, 17 and one. Yeah, 17 and three. So, math. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move over to the East. Let's move over to the Central. Um, 
quite frankly, quite frankly, a series that I thought was over after, after game one. Um, game one saw the Colorado Avalanche completely dominate the St. Louis Blues to the point where it was the Benning, it was the uh, the Bennington show. It was the it, it, that's it. I mean, if it wasn't for Bennington, that game probably would have been like a nine to one game, or I'm um, yeah, nine to one, uh, whatever it was. So that was a that was an OT game somehow, but it was just absolute domination by the Colorado Avalanche that just couldn't break through except for the three goals and the one and in overtime. Um, and then we saw Craig Berube completely change up the lines. Um, completely like change one player from every single line and completely put him in a blender and spat out a new different lineup. And the St. Louis blues look real good, really good to the point where I'm like, wow, okay. This is what I kind of expected. I expected a little bit of pushback. Colorado took game three. They're about to start here in about an hour and 20 minutes, um, to start game four. Um, St. Louis is hosting, um, Tyler, I'm going to ask you to me, I mean, obviously we saw Bennington leave the game early last game. And I think that that put a wrench really has, has done. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, he has done, he's, he did great in the first game of the ser- uh, last series and then he hasn't done so well. Um, Colorado is obviously very high, high powered, high powered offense. James fucking hates Billy Huso, And I don't understand why I know that he had like two bad games, but like, dude, he's a really good goalie. Um, he's better than, uh, he's better than your goalie. So there's Ooh, that. Adam is my goalie. <laughs> Your goalie is Gibson. Um, um, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, but well, I mean, is, is that supposed to hurt? Because it doesn't. Look, look Villa Huso is a good goalie. I mean, he he had a couple he had a couple um, bad nights, but the, the guy is is the Blues' future to be honest, and and that that is the truth. Um, and if if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that two games that such small sample size is gonna change is gonna give a perception of an entire goaltender's career then Mike Smith should have been the shittiest goalie and you should not have no faith in Mike Smith, but you have all the faith in Mike Smith, even after two bad games. So your thought process is a little bit wonky, man. I have to say, I mean, I'm not, I'm, look at it. Look at his, oh, let's, let's look at the numbers real fast of this series alone, this series alone. Okay. They he played both, two periods, right They They both had four goals against them. Both of them. Bennington yeah. and Huso have four goals against, uh, uh, Bennington has 134 minutes played. Villa Huso has 51 and they yeah, both have four goals against relief. No, that, that you're Produce. absolutely right. I mean, also you're coming in as a cold goaltender against a team that is just the Colorado avalanche. I mean, Benny are not Benny. Louis Domingue had food and it's still did, in the game. But Louis Domingue is Louis Domingue is awful. <laughs> He's an <laughs> AHL goalie. Man. So what does that tell you about Villa Huso? Villa Huso is not an AHL goaltender. He's the reason the St. Louis blues are in the playoffs or as, as it's like your Bennington did argument. not play. Did, Bennington did not play in the regular season. Yeah, but your Braden Point doesn't produce as much in the regular season. But you're, you're on your your goaltender has to get you there. <laughs> I'm still saying Benny, They have no chance because Bennington's out. It's over. You're you're. I disagree with you there. Um, but we can we can agree to disagree. Tyler, I was going to ask you. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll ask James first. <laughs> You have no faith now that Bennington is, is out. Um, how fast does this end then? In five games. You think they lose the next two? Yep. I have to take the next two. And what if they lose? What if, what if uh, St. Louis wins tonight? Then I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. And you still, and you still think Colorado will finish it up? Yeah, there's, I, there is no shot that the Blues take this series, in my opinion. Even with Sam Gerrard out, so their whole defense is all fucked up as well on the Colorado side. 
Yeah, Dreyse Kemper is being found on the other side. He is. He is. Um, fair. I mean, that, that answers that question. Tyler, it seems to me like St. Louis needs to win this game. I mean, you can't give Colorado two chances on the, on the road to uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, at home to finish a series. If Is this a must-win game? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, you can't go down 3-1. Do you <clears> have faith in, in Villa Hussein? I have maybe a little bit more faith than James does, but not enough to where I think that he's going to save this series for the Blues. I, I agree. I think this series is over. I think that Bennington injury is, is, is brutal for the, for, the, for the St. Louis Blues. Um, I do think Huso is good enough to get them one more. So I'm going to go absent six, I believe. Yeah. Uh, absent six. Um, cause like you said, he was, you know, played bulk most of their games and, you know, got to the playoffs. I, I do think he's worth one playoff win against the, the, the Colorado Avalanche, but these abs, dude, the abs are looking great. They've gotten some luck with that goaltender on the opposite side being hurt, um, so far in this uh, playoff series. So it'll be interesting to see how they continue moving forward, but, I mean, their scoring depth is crazy. I mean, they're 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 getting scoring from so many different guys from so many different from so many different points. That's hard to hard to defend against, no matter what your name is as a goaltender. Um, so, like I said, like, I, I have a little bit more faith than James does, but not but not much. I think the Abs are going to wrap this up in six. Yeah, I I I have a little bit more faith in him than both of you, <laughs> but it's over in six. Um, because I. <laughs> To you guys' point, they're just so Colorado Avalanche are just so deep. If the St. Louis Blues play like they did in Game Two, they made Colorado look fucking terrible. <laughs> Colorado looked bad in Game Two, um, and who knows what what we're gonna see from if we're gonna see a bounce back game in St. Louis. We have seen teams rally around those um, goaltender situations like that, so we could see the Blues kind of, you know, make some magic out of nothing. Um, it, it's tough to bet against Colorado, especially now. I, and I did, I did have St. Louis moving on, but again, to your guys's point at the end of the day, I just had to, I had to push back a little bit because Villa Husso is not a bad goalie. He's not, um, contrary to James's belief, he's not a bad goalie. Um, he just has not played in the playoffs. He's not had that opportunity. So, and it, it's a different game. So you got to get some experience behind, on your belt and it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for them going forward. Moving on to the last series, we could talk about my favorite series and another series where I'm like, yeah, we're getting the Edmonton Oilers are going to be swept after game one. Um, that shot that was, I don't know if you guys saw that first game. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I can only describe it as pro league beer league. <laughs> it was beer league. There is no defense, no goaltending. It wasn't even. It was terrible. <laughs> it wasn't even good hockey. It was just hilarious. Um, the Edmonton Oilers were down five one at some point, and then they found a way to tie it at one point, and then and then they gave up three goals. Um, we saw a very similar situation earlier in the in the um, season between these two teams. The Battle of Alberta guys has been incredible so far. Um, we have seen crazy emotions in the first game. And then I did not know how the Edmonton Oilers would respond. And then, and then they go down two two goals early and completely took over the game after that. And then after that, we saw a game. I don't know if you guys saw game three, especially the second period. Uh, we saw Zach Hyman open up the scoring. And then within a six-minute period of time, Evander Kane scored a natural hat trick within six minutes. This team is flying and it is being led by, if anybody has a question on who the best player in the NHL is, you, you need to look at Connor McDavid guys. Connor McDavid is playing 
I, I've never seen him do what he's doing. This, it, 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 as an Oilers fan, I feel spoiled, extremely spoiled, um, because he is ta- he took over the LA series, Tyler. Sorry, but you know, I mean, you saw it. He's taking over this series. The, the, even the idea of Austin Matthews being in the conversation at this point, at this point, is tough. <laughs> I don't even know, how, like, because Austin Matthews didn't do what what um, Connor McDavid has been doing. Um, it, unbelievable. Um, Tyler, I'm going to ask you. Oilers took lost game one against you guys, rattled off two amazing games, and then shat the bed for two more, and then we were put on the brink. S- similar situation is kind of unfolding here. We don't know how they're going to respond tomorrow. How are how are you viewing the Edmonton Oilers after you know three games? And do you think that it's going to be, a, or do you think that they kind of learn from their mistakes by giving LA a chance to come into this series? Are, are they going to do the same for Calgary here? <clears throat> that's a, that's a good point. Um, I think that it's going to, I don't think that they're going to let up on the gas because I think they learned that lesson, but I think Calgary is a far superior team compared to the LA Kings. I think that they're going to bounce back and they're going to adjust. And I think that might be the reason why this series gets tied up after four. Um, cause I think, I think the flames are going to, are going to adjust. They're going to do what they need to do and they're going to bounce back, but I don't think it's going to be because, because the Oilers lack of effort or lack of just, Oh, we got this in the bag. And you know, like I said, their, their, uh, egos are inflated a little bit. And they're like, Oh, we got this. We, we won two in a row. Hopefully they learned that lesson. I would, I would hope so. Um, but then again, I guess, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I don't, I don't know these guys personally. I don't know how, how much, how, how much egos they have and how, you know, kind of confident that, that they can be. Um, but yeah, I mean, McDavid is just out of his fucking mind. I mean, this dude, <laughs> this dude's on an, on an, on an, on, 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 on another planet. Evander Kane, I mean, what a fucking pickup. I, mean, I think you guys saw the potential and what that could be, and it's certainly playing dividends here in the in in the, in the playoffs. Um, so that's huge. I think, especially with Drysaddle not being one one hundred percent, having him step up and be that, uh, be that guy to uh, to score goals for you guys is gonna be huge. But I think, like I said, I, don't, I think that this series is still going to be close. I, I, I still see it going seven, but more so because the opponent that they're playing like, is going to be better at adjusting versus what the Kings were able to do. I think that, I think that like you're right, I think the Oilers kind of played down a competition a little bit and kind of let the Kings kind of fight back in that series a little bit. But I don't think the Flames are the same team. I think they're going to adjust because they're just the better team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. This this is definitely going the distance. It's not over. Um, but there's someone on this podcast that did not think it was going the distance, and his predictions are playing out to a T. Um, James, you said on this podcast that uh, that Jacob Markstrom had not been tested and that he was in for a rude awakening. I'm fair phrasing. That's basically what you said. Jacob Markstrom has been terrible. Jacob Markstrom has been so bad he was bad in game one he's the only reason that we had a chance in that game thank you jacob markstrom even though we pissed it away like the edmonton Oilers that you know i'm used to um mike smith on the other hand terrible game one you don't want to you don't want to kick him when he's down like because he comes back with a vengeance and that's why james i think that's why i think you love him so much um because he does that um and i think that that loss was the best thing that ever happened to him you know, it, it, it's a chance for him to come back, and he has. James, do you do you still believe that the Oilers win the next two? You said five, which means they'd have to win the next two games, winning one more time on the road, which is uh, which would be game five. 
but also taking one more here at home tomorrow. So you think this is wrapped up uh, on Thursday? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind here. The wow. Flames don't want the smoke, bro. Markstrom doesn't want it. He, he's not ready for this. The Flames themselves aren't ready for this. They are frustrated, as you can see with Lucic, what he did the other night. Why, why, why you got to hit Mike Smith like that, bro? You got to deplete him like that, bro, for real. Like, that, that was unnecessary. Uh, you don't do that, especially to Mike Smith. Respectable guy. He's also, like, 40-plus. You might break him. That's tough. Um, but it's just th- this Oilers team is so high-flying and so good, and you're not even getting 100% of Leon Dreisaitl. You're getting, like, an 85% Leon Dreisaitl, who is currently leading this series with 10 points. He, he's played with better, the guys. He, he, he was bad in L.A., and pr- progressively, he's skating better and better and better, which, you know, at the fir- at the beginning of this, I was like, if Leon Dreisaitl's out, we're fucked. And he's looking better. So Exactly. And he's going to continue getting better and better. And Connor's playing out of his mind. And this team is fast and can shoot the puck really well. And Markstrom isn't ready for the smoke. There's no way, right? Markstrom is going to continue getting lit up. His – Save percentage is not going to go over nine for this entire series. Right now, he's sitting at 0.853. And it's going to it's going to go as high as maybe 0.878. But nothing close to nine, which is never good. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pulled the next couple of games. Like, it's not happening. This dude is not ready for this. Yeah. Who are they going to put in? Maybe they signed Louis Domingue. I don't know. But <laughs> Louis the fact Domingue. That- <laughs> that's my dude. I love this guy. Uh, oh, but- gosh. And the Oilers are just too good for the Flames, and the Flames may have some really great offensive skills. It's not manifesting right now. It's really hard to beat this team that's playing out of their mind and playing like a team. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I do understand that anybody is going to come on this podcast, and they're going to they're gonna, – or anybody online is going to say, do you guys only win because of Connor and Leon? Well, um, does – do the Lakers win without, without uh, Kobe? Like – Kobe, it ran through Kobe. Like it, it like it, like back then, everything ran through Kobe. Do, do the, uh, you know, that's just how it goes. It's, it's, not every team is is built so deep down down the More down power. the down the lineup, and uh, you know, you sit here in the in the yeah, the Oilers top guys are performing, and you know, you could say that the 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 uh, the Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs top guys were performing. It's just not quite enough. Our top guys are better. <laughs> um, we're playing the Calgary Flames, who I think are a deeper team, and we're playing very, very well. Do I think that this is over in five? Hell no. This is going far. I don't even. I am not even convinced that we're going to win this series still, um, because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not prepared to see what's going to how they're going to respond next game. I know that they're going to. Um, they are the. They are the better team. Our our goaltending is out is outdoing their goaltending. That is for sure. I don't know what the hell Markstrom's pl- what planet he's on. Connor McDavid is doing something I've never seen before, but nonetheless, I, I, I just worry that something's going to wake up in this flames team. And, and, you know, I'm going to sit here and be down, you know, three, two, and again, and have to fight back for two games. So um, until, until I see a nice three, one, if I saw a three, one um, lead after tomorrow, I'll feel very, very comfortable. But until then I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite nervous. Um, but guys, just quickly to put in perspective, I know I keep talking about them and I know that this is annoying, especially as an Oilers fan, but I, I just want to put in perspective what Connor McDavid's doing. Um, and to give you some perspective, Connor, Mc, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sidney Crosby in 2016 um, was the MVP Conn Smythe winner. That's uh, for those who don't know what that means. That basically means he's, he was the MVP of the, uh, of the playoffs. He scored 
19 points in the entire playoffs and you uh, forget how many games that would have been. I think it was 22 games, um, give or take um, 16 wins and however many losses that is. Um, I don't really want to do the math. Um, Connor McDavid guys in 10 games has 23 points. Crosby MVP MVP had in 22 games had 19 points. Connor has 23 in 10 games. So, Un, like I don't think there, there's not a, been a player that's had these types of numbers, at least for a long time, since Mario Lemieux, which was in the 90s. <laughs> so, unfucking believable performance. Um, that is wild. Um, and I guess, I mean, obviously, he's the front runner for the MVP for the Oilers. Um, anybody, uh, I'm just going to go down the teams. Anybody um, a- anybody that comes to your mind so far as your as your comments might, they can be from any team, any, it, it could be from any series. I don't really care. Um, James, I would say Vasilevsky might be on your mind or anybody else. Yeah, I I mean, I had two on my list and that'd be Connor and Vasilevsky. You pretty much gave Connor's entire life story there. So, yeah, definitely Connor. And then Vasilevsky, like I said, ever since game seven of round one, dude's never looked back. And if he continues his pace, if he can keep his save percentage above nine, five, oh my, like if he doesn't win it, I'll be very, I'm never going to watch hockey again. (laughs) <laughs> and I get, and I get Connor McDavid's on unreal pace, but to keep a save percentage for the entire like playoffs above a nine, five is ridiculous. His first, his first round was, was rough. I think, I think right now he's at a nine, three. Right. So if he can continue his nine, seven, that will average out to nine. That would average out to nine, five. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's very true. Tyler, is there anybody else that we're kind of missing that might be a dark horse? I don't think so. I think right now it's clear cut Connor McDavid. I mean, I think he's just, he's carrying that team and that's what you want as a, as your con Smythe. I, I agree that Vasilevsky is there as a second, but I mean, you, I, I, I watched Connor McDavid single-handedly destroy a whole LA Kings team. So I have, I have to go with Connor McDavid on this one. Yeah. I, I don't know how many games you guys have watched. Um, the last two, especially I, I, he is making, he's making the flames look like absolute idiots. Oh, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> it's, he's just, he's, it's just, and I, I, I every time it touches I've watched him play multiple times to see him do that. But every time I watch him, I'm like, this, there's something about this. he's like a fucking god on earth, dude. He just what he has some superhuman abilities on the ice. It's crazy. Yeah. And, he's a glitch, he's, dude. And he's hitting. He had more he's hits glitched. in the first game than any other oiler. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I, you know, I, I just I, I can't get enough. I can't, I can't stop uh, thinking about this. Just gotta soak it in and enjoy it while while we have him around. Yeah, while, while it lasts, because I don't yeah. know how long it's going to last. I'm still nervous, guys, but I need to be. I can't be on cloud nine like like I was after game three against the Kings. Um, but that's all I got, guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been wild. Um, I You know, we we hope for a long series. I, I actually don't hope for a long series. I hope, I hope the Calgary Flames get absolutely roasted, like James said. I don't think that's going <laughs> to happen, but I also didn't think that would be up to one. So maybe I'm the idiot for boring, but that's all I got. For sure. Thank you, Traden. Um, if you guys aren't watching the Battle of Alberta, you got to watch that. It's it's what playoff hockey is all about. It's crazy. It's wild. It's hard hitting. It's intense. Both fan bases are super into it. It's great. Um, so hopefully you guys are paying attention to those NHL playoffs. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to go to the other other sport that's in their playoffs right now, the conference finals for the NBA, uh, Mavs, Warriors, and Celtics Heat. When we come back with James. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we got some basketball talk, and yes, my voice is still shit. Um, <laughs> and James still finds it funny. So, James, what do you got? 
<laughs> All right, guys. NBA Conference Championships. Heat vs. Celtics, Warriors vs. Mavs. We're going to start with the East Coast today. Heat vs. Celtics. The game is today at 5.30, but as the series stands before the game is at 5.30, it's Heat leading 2-1. to one. This series has actually been very fun, back and forth. The Celtics are playing great team ball with three-plus players having 20 points or more, and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, Peruge. And then Jimmy Buckets, on the other hand, is the only person that's really dominating for the Heat, but the Heat are an insane team. Injuries are starting to play a very big role in this series. Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart both left with injuries in Game 3 but came back. Marcus Smart, however, is going to miss Game 4, which is tonight. And for the Heat, they're missing Tyler Hero and Jimmy Buckets. So which team is going to be hurt more by these injuries? Is it going to be the Heat missing Tyler Hero and Jimmy Buckets, or is it going to be the Celtics missing Marcus Smart? Is Jimmy Buckets Jimmy Butler? Yes, that is Jimmy Butler. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's got to be the Heat. I think, you know, just with, with in terms of depth depth is, is concerned, I think you nailed it. I think Jimmy Butler is carrying this, carrying this Heat offense, and you, you knock that guy out. It's like, who else? Someone's got to step up, and maybe someone will. Someone may, might play the hero. I'm not talking about Tyler Hero because he's out. But uh, someone might play the hero for the heat and, and step up, that'd be great. You know, especially with uh, Marcus smart being down a great defender on the Celtic side. So it could happen. Um, but I think initially on paper, I'll be way more concerned for the heat. So your sides up uh, Jimmy buckets, Jimmy Butler left the game at halftime and then bam went off and put up 31 points. He's stepping up big time. What do you think? Trey? Um, I, I actually, it sounds like there's a chance that Butler is intending to play today um, for real. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's Ooh, what breaking news. I don't know who breaking. Haynes is, but that's what I'm. I'm. That's what I. I don't know if that's actually confirmed. But underwear. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was a um, dumb unless joke. That was, unless that's old news. Unless we have confirmation that he's not. I mean, I, look, he's not going to be 100, which is a problem. But with Bam like stepping up, like I'm actually more worried about the other side, um, especially especially given the 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 current, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, count uh series you know series like right now the, the miami not that they could not not that they just they can take a loss because but boston can't take a loss i, I don't i don't think anybody I don't, I don't think i've seen ever a basketball team come back from three to one at least not recently besides uh the uh what was that the um was it the forget it it was against the it was against the warriors uh it was against the warriors the warriors gave up a 3-1 lead again uh, to lebron that yes. would have been Cavaliers. Yeah. Cavs. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Boston's in bigger trouble right here, especially, especially if um, Jimmy buckets, I guess um, can, come, <laughs> can, can come back. Bam's bam uh, um, stepping up big, but the, those two injuries on this, on the Boston South side are, are a concern for me. Um, and Miami heat is, are, are looking quite good. And I think, I think they're going to, I think that they have a chance to wrap this up within five games. They might be able to finish the series. So for uh, the Celtics, Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year. He's going to be out. Uh, but talking about defense, P.J. Tucker for the Heat put the clamps down on Jason Tatum in game three. The dude was stuck on this guy like glue, like white on rice. He held Jason Tatum to 10 points in 41 minutes. And that's something we haven't seen before. Jason Tatum's been on fire this entire playoffs. P.J. Tucker was on it. The Heat doubled him every second they could. There was there was so much on ball pressure that Jason Tatum could not dribble more than three times before having to pass the ball up. Have the Heat figured out how to defend Jason Tatum? Maybe. I mean, like I said it's one game. I think I think what's cool about this series in particular, I think basketball in general, 
it's really cool to kind of see the, the, the back and forth and the, and the adjustments that teams make with this kind of stuff. Um, I think this series has, has proven that where it's been back and forth, teams make adjustments. It goes back. We have two good teams that, that are really smart defensively and, and have a really good team system. That's what you're going to see. So it's hard to say after one game. I mean, great performance. Awesome. Can he sustain that for the rest of the series? We'll, it, it'll, we'll see. But I, I feel like this is a, a, a series that's going to go back and forth. Like the tie is going to go um, in and out for, for, for both teams. And I think, like I said, I, I still think it's going to go seven. Um, so I think it's, 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 it's hard to say that they figured it out after one game. I don't, I don't think so. Look, it it, it sounds to me like Jason Tatum has had a history of kind of some ups and downs, like he has great games and then he can take, he can, um, you know, produce a stinker. And if, and if he's playing and they may have found a way to, to, to negate him. And it sounds like he might be playing hurt too. So I'm not sure if that's, if he actually is hurt, but um, some, some don't believe he's actually hurt some of his own fans. Um, (laughs) They just think he needs to step up a little bit more, but I don't know. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't, I can't say that. I'm not going to, I don't know. Um, but um, he, he, he's going to need to step up if he, if he, uh, if he can make it back um, assuming he can um, because you know, that, that th- those types of performances are, are, are not okay. Especially, especially when you have an opportunity to play um, you know, a, a, a hurt Jimmy Butler um, Tatum has to be one of the best on the court. And especially, uh, especially if Bam's going to, if, if Bam's going to step up for the heat. So um I, I like to think that they, they that they may have found a way to to negate him, but then again, we've seen Tatum go have these funks, so maybe he's just going to come back and have a great game. It, we I would not be surprised either way. After three games, what's your new outlook on this series? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I, I like I said I I'm actually worried about the Celtics right now. I mean I would not I I would not be surprised in five. You know what I'll I'll I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to the Celtics that they'll figure it out. Um, and at least for a couple games, and we'll say we'll say Heat and six right now. Not looking good for the Celtics. Um, I think Jimmy Butler's played a lot better than I expected. Um, so him being out, like I said, is, is, is a big deal. Um, I think the Heat, Heat are playing fantastic, and so I'm a little bit worried about my prediction, but I'm still going to stick with it. Celtics and seven. Wow. Okay. Moving on to the West Coast here. It's going to be what about you? One. Oh, I, I still got the Heat moving on in six. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just too good. I love Bam. Bam is great. Uh, moving on to the West Coast here, we have the Warriors versus the Mavs. Like I said, this should be pretty quick. Warriors lead the Mavs 3-0. to zero. Tyler is an idiot. Yep. Pretty much, it's just been domination by the Warriors here. I mean, like, the final, the last two games, the scores have been pretty close. But, like, did you honestly think that the Warriors weren't going to step up and win those games when you just have Luka and nobody else for the Mavs? Tyler, I want your honest opinion here. Did you really think in games two and three that the Mavs were going to pull those games off? I thought so. Yeah, because I thought with what I've seen with the playoffs so far, but the Dallas Mavericks are now on my shit list. Fuck those guys. You guys made me make you guys made me look like a complete asshole. Um, they're playing like shit. They're playing. They're playing bullshit basketball. Like it's really disappointing. Like I said, I I, I really thought this team had something in them better than what it, what it was. Um, the Warriors are great. I'm giving all the credit to the Warriors. I mean, they're incredible. They're like, they have so much depth. They have, they're, they're an amazing basketball team. They deserve to win this series. They, they, they deserve to go to the finals. I think this is going to be a sweep. Dallas Mavericks suck. <laughs> what am I, I going to say? I'm just an hey, Look, what Tyler. I, yeah. I, I, I want to, I want to like, let's not put them. Let's not put down the Mavericks. Like they, they Why did to get here and look, they, they actually 
they actually ha- had some pretty sizable leads early, at least early on in some games. And the, the Warriors are just a better team. Like you can't shit on the Mavericks for the, the Warriors being the clear better team. I mean, it's not even close. Like it's not that the Mavericks suck. It's just the Warriors are insane. <laughs> I never. And the, Mavericks, and the Maverick, it took a lot for the Mavericks to beat the Suns. I mean, they, they poured their heart and soul out. And I know it was a lot Luca, but the rest of the team did have to step up too. Let's not completely shit on them. Okay. Like. They did. It's just they're, you're 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 going against the fucking Warriors at the best, the best that they're playing right now. They're they're unstoppable, and I don't even think Curry's at his top level yet. Hey, I understand the Warriors are worshipped like gods, but they're not. Okay, they're if you play them correctly and you're a smart basketball team, you can get a couple of games out of them, and sure. that's what I expected the Mavericks to do. But they just don't have the depth for that. There's nobody yeah. to do it. There's but- one guy. Again, it's all of you guys are always talking. You guys are looking on paper and just looking at oh, paper matches, blah blah. I thought the Mavs had some. I thought they had some mojo going. I I I thought they had some heart going into that series. I, I think I think when imagine sports that 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 shit matters. I thought they had it. They clearly don't. I think I think that game two come from behind victory for the Warriors completely just just crushed them. Um, it's just it's just not gonna happen. I'm I'm with I'm I'm with you. If this is a hockey, it's different. Basketball is just it's it, it's it's a lot more paper to me. It, it, it maybe maybe I'm being a little naive, but basketball is a lot more paper, and it, paper usually shows up. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just what it is. You look, Wiggins. Did you see that dunk? Like the dunk that Wiggins did is basically the entire the entire Warriors season in the playoffs this year. It's just they're dominating. That dunk Bro. was dominating. The the Warriors are dominating. They're just a better team. And there's it's it, look, Luca can't beat the Warriors. Luca can beat the Suns. Luca can't beat the Warriors. There's no one else. If the team was built, if the team had another two, maybe two, one or two guys that were a little bit like better than what they have, maybe I'll give them two games. Look, they're gonna they're gonna lose the next game because the Warriors are gonna win at home. They they want more money, so they're gonna purposely lose next game. It's just what they do. Uh, I and you know what I I looked at because Ky- Kylie said, oh, they probably just you know like the last two series, oh, they probably just lost that that game so they can win at home. And I'm like, dude, that that's a little scary. And then I'm actually watching this series. I'm like, yeah, they're gonna do it just to fuck with the Mavericks. Like that's the only reason they're gonna win. They're gonna be like, ah, let's 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 make some more money so we can pay for the stadium that we just built lose and and uh gain some more shekels because they can the mavericks are not going to win this series it's going to be done in five like i said top five poster in the playoffs of all time congratulations andrew wiggins that was amazing luca <laughs> you're a bitch you fuck you a hoe i'm gonna quote lil wayne luca you a hoe that dude flopped like no other oh my yeah, god he, he really that was did. so stupid he was like kylie's my throat, dad my throat. off dude kylie's daddy's like he should get a freaking foul for faking and i'm like yeah, yeah. they do in hockey they do in hockey so they, they I, actually I've do that in basketball that. they do I've that in basketball that. it's rare but they do it and now, Trayden, do you see what I'm saying about Luca complaining about every call every no, time? No, no, I'm, I'm with you. But but then again, I mean, that's like calling the it's like the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, look at freaking Draymond. I mean, he's he's just as bad. <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> the thing about Draymond though, he has to complain because he needs to catch his breath, so it gives him some time to recover a little bit. But time out. What was that metaphor you just said? The pot called the kettle black. You've never heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's like it's like a typical like. It's you know it's like you, you you know it's like come on bro I never heard that my bad oh no it's fine it's basically just basically saying like you know you can't you can't say you can't be a hypocrite 
Like I, I have, I actually have to say that Draymond's terrible. Luke is terrible. <laughs> They're all terrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I had said the Suns in the last podcast. The Suns will sweep, but I, I was wrong. Obviously, like the Warriors are going to sweep. I made a mistake by saying the Suns, but I stick to it. The Warriors are going to sweep. I don't like the thing that they're going to just win at home, yada, yada. That's cool, whatever. They want more rest, guys. Yeah, maybe. Playoffs are a war of attrition. Like, these guys play 30-plus, 40 minutes a game, and they play a lot of it, and a lot of it is running. And it's not like hockey. Well, I'm not saying hockey's bad, but I'm saying that hockey get more rest. You play for, like, a minute, and then you sit down. For these guys, they're up and down the court for five, six minutes straight. They need more rest. And so you take rest whenever you get if the Mavericks win tomorrow, do you chalk that up to wow the Warriors just didn't have it, or okay they're 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 they just want to win at home? No sense of urgency. That's what I chalk it up to. That's fair. So they want to win at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is my segment on the NBA playoffs. Hope you enjoyed. Tyler, it's all you. All right, nice and quick and easy, especially for that Western Conference final. It's been an absolute fucking joke. Um, anyway. <laughs> on to our final segment when we come back we're talking baseball uh some some really pretty fun topics we're talking about next uh, segment so stay so stay tuned welcome back everybody we got our final segment here of episode 99 um and then i'm gonna have to start putting three numbers in for episodes that's really exciting uh, <laughs> That's, that's pretty crazy. Your voice. Um, yeah, my voice still shit. We're still here. We're still doing it. <laughs> I ran out of beer, so this might, it might get really bad. This uh, oh oh segment, Uh-oh. and that's the one I'm I'm talking the most. So it, this this might get pretty shitty, but we'll see how. Oh yeah, bro, you uh, just did not time that correctly. Nope. Um, but yeah, we're talking baseball, MLB. Uh, we got a few oh damn moments here. Um, the first one is probably the one that's dominated the headlines of MLB. Um, and it was this Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson situation that happened um, on Saturday between the White Sox and the Yankees. There was a bench, benches clearing incident that happened that there's a lot to it. So let's just kind of break down and just kind of go through what each player said, all this kind of stuff. And then we'll kind of ask everybody what their thoughts and opinions are about this. Um, so Yasmani Grandal, the catcher for the White Sox, when Josh Donaldson was up to bat, started, you know, just talking to him and it didn't seem like anything crazy, but it kind of got heated and um, they were kind of in each other's face. And then all of a sudden both benches cleared. A lot of people were just kind of like, what the, what the hell, what, what, like, what was that? What was that about? So earlier in the game, Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is the shortstop for the White Sox. He's an uh, African American baseball player. I guess during some Josh Donaldson slid into second base where, where Tim Anderson was, was covering. And there was a little bit of just kind of back and forth. Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson Jackie, referring to Jackie Robinson. Um, so initially that sounds pretty bad. Um, but when we kind of look at all the facts here, um, Tim Anderson is the one who initially called himself Jackie Robinson. He referred to himself as the new Jackie Robinson back in an interview in 2019. Um, according to Donaldson after the game, he said, this was not the first time that he's referred to Tim Anderson as Jackie. And in previous times that he's done that, it is, was not met with kind of any animosity. Um, that could have been Tim Anderson being polite and just been like, okay, you said it once, whatever. But I guess this is multiple times, Josh Allison during games, they've never been on the same team. They've never been teammates. 
they, they've never had that kind of connection. So that's one thing to keep in mind here. Um, but, you know, I, I guess Tim Anderson just kind of kind of got fed up with it. And it got to a point where he's like, hey, stop calling me that, basically. I think Josh Allison was obviously referring to Tim Anderson as Jackie based on his interview comments, not based on, you know, him being a black baseball player. That's what it seemed like. But again, he said, she said kind of, kind of deal. Um, MLB came out today uh, with their decision. They, they did an, an, an investigation of the whole situation. They did suspend Josh Allison for one game and also an undisclosed amount of money. Um, so hopefully you guys kind of looked up on a both players perspective on this. Um, obviously it brings into the account of, 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 of race and all these kind of different things. Um, so James, I want to start with you, just kind of your general thoughts and reactions to, to this whole situation. I mean, it's, it's complicated because you don't know the entire situation. You don't know what was said. You don't know the context of it. What you get is Josh Donaldson calling Tim Anderson, Jackie. And Josh Donaldson came out saying that there was no malicious intent in it. And it wasn't meant to berate him at all. It was in reference to this, 2019 interview, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I would be lying to say if I said that, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's really hard to just pull out an interview from three years ago and be like, it was reference to that specific article that he said that one line in. That's what I was referencing. It's tough to just kind of pull that out of your ass right there and for it to be true. Um, but I'm not picking sides here. I do agree on what Aaron Boone said, and he's the skipper for uh, the, the Yankees saying that even if there wasn't any malicious intent on it, and if it wasn't meant to, you know, be derogatory towards him, that's not somewhere you want to go. That's not, that's not somewhere that you, that's like uncharted territory. And you, it may not be bad in your eyes, but it can be perceived as bad. So therefore don't say it. You could have just called him Tim. It's not that much harder. Tim is shorter than Jackie. It's easier to say Tim than it is Jackie. Like just call him by his name. It's not that hard. Like, I don't understand why you have to go to Jackie if you guys were friends, I get it. Cool. If y'all were close, awesome. They weren't. Tim Anderson even said, like, yeah, they don't, we don't talk. Like, this is this came out of left field. This I had no idea. Like, I had no idea this guy was gonna call me this. Like, it it's not cool, man. Like, even if you didn't mean it and if it wasn't bad, just stay out of that that lane. It's it doesn't bring anything good out of it. Yeah. Trade what about you? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree that you just kind of stay out of the lane, although I mean. I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I didn't see the, the interview, but I know that he did. He has mentioned that. And it sounds like he's mentioned that multiple times. So it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's tough for me to say it's, it's tough for me to pick sides. I, 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 I don't know. I like it, it's very complex and I don't want you know, I would never want to come off as, as uh, you know, disrespectful in some one way or another. It's very, it's very complex. It's not, it's not like it's straight, it's straightforward by any means, as James said, I, I would probably err on the side of not going down. If it was me, I'd probably not just not go down that, that road. However, you know, in, in a sense, you, you equating yourself to, to, you know, one of, one of baseball's most prolific, you know, people that have that, you know, quite literally um, broke the color barrier multiple times and then and then it, it just it can open you up for for a little bit of mockery in a sense whether well, that's not right i'm not saying that's right it's just it kind of opens up that gate um it just happens to be you know this situation so i i i would just if i if if if, if i was um if i was him i probably wouldn't have said anything like that I, it's just not it's just not worth the the 
it's just not worth it, especially, especially um, unless, unless you have some sort of relationship, like a friendly relationship with him. But um, it's just, there's nothing good that could have came of it, as James said. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the one game suspension is fine. It's 162 game season. I mean, what's one game? Like, go, go drink a, go have a night at the bar or something. I don't know. Like, it's, just, it's fine. Like, um, I, I don't, I don't hate the suspension. Um, I don't, you know, it's not, a, I'm, I'm not really bothered by it. If he got like suspended for an entire season, season i'd be like okay like we need to kind of we need to kind of like look at this a little bit more because i don't think it's that big of a deal but um you know i, I again I, I don't know where if there was malicious content i don't know um sorry i don't have much more to say other than it's complex and james yeah. kind of summed it up just don't just there's probably better things you could have said but i don't know um I'll, you know it, you're, you're kind of opening you you do you do run the risk of also opening yourself up to some kind of mockery when you do when you do equate yourself to a specific individual so many times however just don't go down that road it's just you know don't don't throw it back in their in, in anybody's faces because i think i think that um tim anderson does does take a lot of pride in 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 what he does um for for um his community and his team and um and i think that that should be respected as well yeah, I agree. I think you guys both kind of hit all the points I was going to make. I think I think you're right, Trey. And I think, you know, calling yourself Jackie Robinson, that's a big statement, you know, um, and I, that is going to open the door for some people to kind of, you know, take some jabs at. But James, to your point too, like, if you're going to do that, you should probably build some rapport with that person first. You know what I mean? So like these guys don't talk, they're, 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 they're not teammates and it can come across as a racial remark, you know what I mean? So, because you don't know the intent behind it because you don't know that person. And I kind of think that's kind of what happened in, in, in this whole situation. Um, I don't think Josh Johnson intended to be racist with that. I think like I said, trade and I think he was kind of jabbing at him for what he said. Um, but I also agree. I think across the line, I think the suspension is, uh, is I think um, an okay su su suspension. Um, I just think there's some things you just, just leave alone. You know, you can disagree with, with what he said. That's totally fine. But to kind of bring it into competition like that, and especially in this day and age, it's like Josh Donaldson should have way better feel for that situation and not go to that line. Also, yes. the Yankees are playing out of their mind. And, you know, you're now, now this is a huge story. That's a negative thing. Yankees have been playing incredible. So now all, all his teammates are being asked about it. All his coaches are being asked about it. That's just a distraction. And since that happened, the Yankees have lost two in a row. So um, shit happens, you know what I mean? So it just wasn't – I it, Josh, it was not in Josh Allison's place to make those kind of comments. Um, so it was happened. But Tim Anderson got the last laugh. He hit a game uh, – or a go-ahead uh, three-run home run on Sunday uh, to the booing Yankees crowd. So I think Tim Anderson certainly came out on, on top on that one. Um, so moving on to uh, my second O'Dam, we got last week. I talked about a few teams that were off just really slow starts and whether or not we're going to hit the panic button on them. I got a couple of uh, like one team and one player that are off to really hot starts that could potentially break some records or potentially set some marks that we have not seen in a very long time. So the first one, as we, as we, as I just mentioned, the, the uh, New York Yankees, they're playing incredible baseball Go, coming into today. They are 29 and 12. Uh, they are on pace for 120 wins. Uh, which would be the MLB record. The MLB record is 116, which is a uh, tied record shared with the 1906 Cubs and the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Um, so that, that's, that's the first one. And the second one is Mookie Betts uh, with, the, uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, he came out to a slow start, but he's on a, a toward pace for runs scored. He's currently on pace for 157 runs. And he's actually scored two more tonight so far. So he's actually up 
do. He is the MLB leader. Now he has 42 runs on the season. Um, since 1950, only one player scored more than 150 runs in a season. And that was Jeff Bagwell in 2000. So it's only happened once since 1950 that a player scored more than 150. Like I said, Betts is on pace for 157. He's already scored two more tonight. Um, so what are you putting your money on? If you had to choose to put your money on which of these teams will either break that record or succeed in that. So either the Yankees getting 120 slash I'll say slash beating the record of 116 or Mookie Betts getting 150 plus more runs. What are you putting your money on Traden? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it to Mookie Betts. Um, and, and I know that's crazy, but I, this guy has had 129 and 135 uh, run seasons before. Um, that was back in 2018, 2019. And the guy is, you know, well, well on pace to, to beating that. And you know what? I'm, I'm sure the odds for both of these is quite high um, and probably higher for Mookie Betts. And that's probably why I, I would, I would uh, get it because uh, I would pick that because I think both are probably unlikely to actually happen, but if I'm going to bet my money, I think Mookie Betts can do it. He's shown that he, he's shown that he um, can put up crazy run numbers and he's on pace right now. He's looking, he's looking very white hot. I'm, I'm, I'm riding that. I'm riding that bet. Um, you know, I'm riding that bet this year. What about you, James? I, I actually agree with Trayton, and I didn't think it was that bold uh, because Mookie Betts is batting leadoff for a very prolific and very insane Dodgers lineup. Good point. And this is a lineup that probably is one of the best top five lineups ever. And that's a huge statement. I think that's a bold statement, but he's batting leadoff for that. If he gets on base fairly frequently, his, his like on base percentage is really high. I don't know what it is, but it's high. Eight, eight, eight. There it is. Okay, that's huge. Is that OPS or OPS? It's probably OPS. OPS, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. 360 OBP on base yes. percentage? Yeah. Three, uh, 362. So he gets on the 36% of the time, which is so – that's just great. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much every one in three at-bats will be on base, which is huge. If he gets on base and has Freddie Freeman, he has like uh, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, he has all these guys behind him, and Trey Turner, who can hit really, really, really well – Moves him over one, moves him over one. Mookie Betts can also steal a base. He's very fast. Continues moving, continue to move him over one, and boom, he gets more runs. And you see it today. He's got two more. The Dodgers currently lead the league in runs scored. So why can't it be Mookie Betts who continues to lead that charge? I 157, I, I that's very doable. I might even put him at 165. Whoa. Damn. Wow. I like it. Um, yeah, I have to agree with both of you guys. Um James, I think your point too was was greatly put. I think him being the leadoff guy with this offense that is very good at scoring runs and being the leadoff guy in that, if he stays healthy and he can play 90%, if not more of the games, and he's shown that he's been able to do that so far this year, I think he's easily going to get 150. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't. Um, like I said, barring some injury or anything like that. Um, you know what's crazy though, guys, is his on-base percentage is actually lagging um, compared to the last two years and well below his 2018, 2019 season. So if he even improves on that and gets closer to those numbers, I mean, pff, yeah, yeah, he's blowing through one. I think the thing that is though, like he usually gets better as time goes on because he yeah. sees the ball better and better every single time. It's still early. We're still in May. Uh, and so like give him more time in the summer, like he'll be on base more often and that on base percentage will get higher. There you go. Yeah, for sure. And like he, he got off to a really bad start guys. That's what absolutely right start. So the fact that he's on pace for to have this to have this kind of season with the start he had, it makes it even more impressive. So True. I agree. Like, yeah, the on base percentage is probably low right now, but that's because like the first three weeks of the season were just shit. I think you see like 
I don't know, 120 and was, you know, barely doing anything. But I think the, the last like 20 games, he's hitting like 333 and scored like 30 runs or something crazy. Like, like he's been on, on a torrid pace the last, uh, pretty much the whole month of May. Um, so that's, that's what makes it more impressive. And you're obviously going to go through ebbs and flows. This might be his, his, his heart hard, his hot streak of the season. He, he, he may have some smaller ones here and there, but he, like if, if he can consistently get on base at that clip, I don't, I, I, I think he'll reach 150. So that's what I'm my, my money on as well. Um, Yankees, like I said, I just think that 120 wins is a lot of fucking wins. And I think even getting close to 110 is extremely rare. Um, I, th- I think they've got a very, very good chance. I'd be surprised if they lost or if they won less than 100. I think they'll get the central. I'd, I'd be shocked if they didn't get at least 100 wins, but I don't think it's going to be 120. And I don't think it's going to be more than 160 either. That's just super hard to do. Um, so yeah, so that's what you guys let, it, let let us know what you guys think. Maybe we're wrong. If you if you guys like the Yankees getting 120, let us know. Um, but moving on, we're gonna do another kind of prediction thing here. Um, we're gonna do early MVP picks. So we're like I said, we're about a third away through through the season. Um, we're seeing a lot of guys play some really good baseball, some really good com- competitive uh, cases here for MVP. So we're gonna do both American League and National League. We'll start in the American League. James, who do you got as your early pick for MVP in the American League? That's so basic. And, you know, it is what it is, but it's Mike Trout, dude. I, I have watched 90% of these Angels games, and I love I love Mike Trout. He's great. He's the catalyst of this team. And my buddy, our buddy Matt, brought up a really good point to me the other day. He just texted me about it. He was like, "Is was Albert Pujols the reason why the Angels were losing? Was his leadership style the reason why the Angels were losing? Because he's out of the picture, and Mike Trout now has this different leadership style that's more charismatic, more free-flowing, more let's get shit done today, as opposed to the older style that Albert Pujols has. And since Albert Pujols left and Mike Trout's kind of taking this mantle of being a leader, the Angels have kind of done way better. And granted, they have way better pitchers now. They have more continuity, but it doesn't change the fact that that's consistently better and better and better. Mike Trout currently is leading the uh, American League in war with 2.5, which is huge. He hits a home run a lot. He has 24 hits after missing a couple of games here and there. Um, his OPS is well over one, 1.089. Like this, it, there's not much else you can really ask for a guy like this right now. Yep, that's a great point. Traden, do you agree or do you got someone else for the American League? Uh, I mean, you, you, you have to agree. The only other one is you can maybe look at Aaron Judge. Um, he's, he's looking good as of Sunday. He has 14 home runs, um, 30 RBIs. That's, I think that's a little bit ahead of, uh, Mike Trout. However, I mean, it's again, um, Mike Trout is just, is putting up amazing numbers for a little bit better. Um, and he's, he's leading this team in, in, you know, in, in a way that you, you can't, you can't, um, you know, you can't poo poo that. So, um, so yeah, uh, that that's what that's what I'm gonna throw in there. Yeah, I like Aaron Judge. I think that's a good pick. He's off to an incredible start there at the Yankees and being on the best team in baseball right now. That's usually a pretty sure bet to at least be a nominee, best player on the best team. You're probably gonna be nominated for MVP. Um, but I'm not the good James man. I Mike Trout. He's doing Mike Trout things, and the Angels are winning games. Um, yeah. So Mike Trout won. I don't know four MVPs, three MVPs on team angels teams that were way worse than this. Now imagine the votes that are going to come in with on a Mike Trout led team that actually is winning. Um, you can debate whether or not that goes into, you know, that, that, that should go into your consideration of, of if a player should be MVP or not it's baseball. It certainly does matter. Um, so I think that's going to be huge for him too. And, you know, 
it's just classic Mike Trout. And yeah, it's basic, but that's just what Mike Trout does. He's incredible. He's like he's our, he's he's the best player of our generation. He's just doing it again. He's he seems to be healthy. Um, like I said, and plus the Angels winning, that's going to give him just I think more fire on his belt, and I think he's going to do incredible. So I another think- fun fact about Mike Trout though is that he's had three cycles to do it, or he has three opportunities to hit a cycle this season already. Like he's hitting so well that there's been three times where he's been like a triple or a double away from a cycle. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is crazy. The hardest one, man. He, the he, he, he continues one. to put together incredible seasons year after year after year. It's really incredible. Um, so moving, moving on to the National League. Who do we got for National League trading? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Manny Machado. Um, and you know why? Because, and I didn't even know this. Um, I would, uh, and this is this is me because I don't follow as much uh, Padres baseball, but they're a half game behind in the uh, in the NLS, which I'm like, okay, that seems to be the case. I did not know that Fernando Tatis Jr. is out. My boy is out. And, and Manny Machado is... Okay, guys, jump on carrying these guys. Half game behind the best team in the NL West, one of the best teams in the in the in Major League Baseball, is unbelievable. Um, and you know the guy is the guy has eight eight home runs, twenty five RBIs. His uh, his his percentages are off the charts. He's looking really good, guys. And at this point, it's his to lose. At this point. Yep, James, do you agree or disagree? I I, I agree, Manuel Arturo Machado crazy this that i mean like we had talked about an active player to get to 2000 hits and i said he would be one of them and this is ringing true with the amount of hits he's had so far it's looking really great his war is actually more than mike trout's by 0.1 and to say that you have a higher war than mike trout is a huge statement that tells you how good you are for your team and i agree with trading like this i didn't believe in the san diego team especially because uh, I knew Fernando Tatis was going to be out from the beginning of the season up until mid-May, some June, July area. Uh, but Manny Machado is just doing things I haven't seen him do before. And he's like, he's been like the laughing stock for a long time about people talking about how bad of a person he is, like personality-wise. But he, look at him now. He's doing good things and he's being a leader that you need. And so I, Manny Machado, for me, has that vote for MVP. Yeah, I agree with you guys too. It's it's I think it's pretty it's pretty easy here in the National League. I think I think if if there was an MVP for the for the entire league, I think Manny Machado would beat out Mike Trout in this situation. Um because of the points you guys made. I think he's he's carrying that offense. That offense has not been producing like it should be, other than Eric Hosmer and maybe a couple other guys, like there that offense has not been their strength. The the the, the strength of that team and what what has carried them um is their starting pitching. But the reason why they're only half game back of the Dodgers right now is because of Manny Machado, hundred percent. So in terms of valuable player, like he fits that bill to a T he's playing insane. I'm pretty sure he leads all of baseball in, uh, in batting average and he's up there in home runs, uh, RBIs, all of those other stats. He's playing lights out baseball. He's always been one of the best uh, uh, third basemen uh, de- defensively. So, so he brings that to the table as well. And like you said, James, you know, I think there's been a shift in leadership there. I think he's certainly taken ownership of that. Um, and he's clearly the veteran leader on this uh, Padres team. So hopefully his other teammates can step up and help him out a little bit. Because, I mean, you look at Manny Machado and there's everyone else on that lineup. And, you know, granted, yes, Manny Machado's off to a crazy start, but there's really not much else going on there uh, in the lineup. So um, Manny Machado is having an outstanding season. Um, it'll be crazy to see. I, like I said, I said, you know, this Padres team, man, they're going to be sneaky and no one's really talking about it right now, 
because they got a lot of injuries. Um, their bullpen needs some work, but other than that, that's the only like real half game spot. behind. Yeah, so if they can get more production, they'll 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 have Tatis back. They should have him back by by next month. Hopefully that that adds some sparks to that lineup. But that starting pitching staff is as good as anybody. Manny Machado's off to a crazy start. It's going to be a fun NL NL uh, West race uh, for sure. Um, but that's all I got for baseball this week. Um, and then that's all we got for episode ninety nine. So thanks again for guys for listening. Thank you for uh, grinding through my terrible voice. Um, I know it probably was not fun to listen to. Hopefully next week we'll be in the clear um i'll be after the wedding bro so you might it's yeah, might still be maybe gone. it's not yeah who knows yeah. uh yeah looking forward to this weekend um should be fun i think we're gonna have all the boys are gonna be in attendance um so that's gonna be fun to watch yep yo if you go if you're in the if you're in the area and you go to the game we are in section i'm gonna tell you guys where we are we're section 519 so come we have three rows come see us come meet us um and yeah and talk shit to our face because we, we love that. We love and that the, engagement. And, <laughs> and the game that Trayden is referring to is uh, the Angels versus the Blue Jays at Angel Stadium. Um, on Saturday. On Saturday. So, yeah, come come check us out. It'll be fun. Um, other than that, hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Um, hopefully, we, we made your day a little bit better with this podcast. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all the support. Like us, share us, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week for episode 100.